Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix. Just sharing my thoughts and experiences with other players who love the game at all levels, whether it's at your local venue, playing in a casual game or in a tournament, or at a regional or national event, playing against meta teams. This is the podcast for you. This is episode 9, the School of Hard Knocks, WKO. In this episode, I'll be sharing my experiences at the WKO in KC, South Carolina, how I did, what went on, what I learned from it. I'll also be reviewing a couple of new mechanics in the Deadpool set, the headline mechanic that we will find out that some characters have, and the new title character mechanic. What does it mean going forward? Finally, I'm also going over a piece that is going to be a convention exclusive that is showing up in the meta, the PIM particle tank. So we'll be going all over those and also be looking at my challenge team. I challenged myself last episode to put together a 400 point modern TMNT uh, limited team just to get myself to play around with some TMT, TMNT, which means Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures, and see if I could figure out something I'd like to. Called it the Sundance Festival, the Indie Clicks Revolution. Also, be putting out a new uh, challenge for you to, for me to attempt to put together. And if you want to join in, you can send me in yours. And finally, we're going to introduce a new segment called "Keeping It Fresh." So, without further ado, I thought I'd like to go ahead and get into some review of my attempt to go and qualify for nationals that I'll be for uh, Origins, where I'll be attending. Um, the actual place I went to go play is the closest one was three and a half hours away from me. It's in Casey, South Carolina. Uh, the WKO there was played at Ready to Play. It's an awesome venue. They had some great judges. They were there roaming around trying to help out. Kept the thing running real smoothly. Uh, they, had a, a, they were set up for a tournament with a speaker system, countdown clock with LC, LED, LED, LCD uh, TVs. Uh, displaying so you could always look up and see how much time you had left and the ability to also broadcast matchups 
So we went down there, ready to play. It was an awesome experience. I want to shout out to them. So um, how did my weekend get started? Uh, well, the weekend actually got started with me and my wife heading out on Friday night, going to Casey, going to Casey, South Carolina, three and a half hour drive, which I don't recommend at night. For some reason, when you drive at night, seeing all those lights, not having any view, it just makes it a long, long drive. We left after work, got in about 8.30 at the hotel. Shout out to the hotel. The Staybridge Suites in Columbia were awesome. Only five to ten minutes from the venue. Easy to get there. Just go down a street, take a right. And then they were down on the right. Um, very easy location. Uh, the, I want to say the hotel was amazing. Now, is that a hotel I would recommend for, like, if me and a buddy are going to go play clicks and go play in this tournament? Probably not. But for taking my wife, who's not a Hero Clicks player that uh, likes a little comfort, and for her food allergies, which she has some... She can't eat gluten or dairy, so with those food allergies, um, the Staybridge Suites turned out to be an amazing place to stay. Not too expensive. I mean, it is a little pricey, but I thought it was well worth the price. Um, the hotel itself had a uh, small kitchenette in it, meaning it had a full-size refrigerator, had a king bed, had a little sitting area, had a TV, big, I think, 40-plus-inch TV, had a little stove, microwave, dishwasher, sink, bar top area it was amazing it had an indoor pool uh they had a breakfast buffet so it was it was a great place to stay great place to stay is more family oriented so if you do have a family you're going to a hero clicks tournament in kc south carolina this great hotel shout out to them great hotel to stay at just know it and it's a very safe area kind of in an industrial park i'd recommend it very new looking uh it also had some rooms that were pet friendly so, and there were bigger rooms than we stayed in. Um, so we arrived there Friday night. Saturday morning, I got up, did uh, tried to go to the gym. The gym was not open for some reason. I don't know if they were repairing something. Instead of going to the front desk to try and get them to open it, I ended up uh, walking up down the flights of stairs. We're on the fifth floor. I think I did that twenty times. So I don't know. Walked up a hundred flights. Walked down a hundred flights. Listening to a. Um, a podcast on how to handle different teams. It was it is fun. It released some stress, some energy. I always recommend that. Always before a big tournament, you got to relieve some stress. You need some kind of physical activity. Just just relieves the tension. So went and did that, and then got ready, excited, made sure I had my team build sheet filled out. Made sure I had my team double checked it, triple checked it. Take goodbye to my wife. Got in my car, drove, went, and got me some snacks at a neighborhood. Uh, the uh, neighborhood walmarts a uh, little small these are just really grocery stores went in there got me some recommend this mott's fruit snacks 100 percent vitamin c fruit juice um got those because i didn't know if we was gonna break for lunch nice quick snacks they fit in my bag so went and got those and then showed up at the venue at 9 15 they're supposed to be opening at nine for registration walked in i was the only one there uh, signed in I was first one registered online. I was the first one to sign in. Whenever I got myself situated and just started greeting people as they came in. And that's one thing that was neat. I, I tried to meet as many people as possible. Uh, I love the game of Heroclix. I love hearing how people uh, love to get different uh, teams. Love to talk to people about Heroclix. Love to hear people's stories. So 
really at the beginning was just introducing myself as people came in, got to meet some really neat, great people. I'll go over them here in a little bit, but it was just kind of kind of neat and. Really, people came from all over. We had uh, James, who was there from Florida. Uh, we also had a few people that came up as a group from Georgia. Uh, some local players, I believe, and me, and a group of from Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, another guy from Georgia who had played at another WKO. So... And the guy from Florida drove up eight hours so he could uh, come to this WKO, practice his team, and then go back and play in the one in Florida. So we, um, I got there. I was there. The tournament was getting ready started. It felt great having your build sheet built out. I mean, I got there early enough. I showed it to the judge. He was okay because I used the uh, one off the WizKids site. Had it filled out, ready to go. So I was just relaxed waiting for my first match. I actually brought uh, my office match map. Went with the team I've been talking about. Uh, added a Batman, Trinity War Batman. Added the World's Finest Batman. I'd make a decision when teams were revealed which one I'd be using. Uh, added the World's Finest Casey Superman and the Red Sun Superman. Once again, make a decision. Also had made a, de- make a decision when teams were revealed which one I'd be using with my IDs on my teleporter. And also had the decision to make that I could turn Red Sun Superman to his 100-point dial if I'm using him and would be able to replace Devil Dinosaur with Red Sun Superman as a free um, action before I place my team as a permanent substitution in case I need something that's a little bit more aggressive. I never did that, but I had that in my back pocket just in case. So there I am at the venue. We're getting ready to start. Um... And in round one, I, I faced a guy from Asheville, North Carolina, a, a group I've played with several times. I used to go down to Asheville and play in a venue. Uh, they had brought some of the guys I knew came and a bunch of other guys who uh, had just started playing in the Asheville area came down with them. So it was neat meeting up with people I'd played with before, so it was kind of a reunion. So in my first match, I ended up being paired up with a guy from Asheville, Eric Ru- Eric, uh, Eric was a great guy, did an amazing job. I love playing against him. He'd been playing for for a while, not long, but for for a little while. And he brought a mystical team, which was Faust and Doctor Strange, the twenty sided dice guys. So his plan was to sit back and roll his dice and try to get double yellows or really double his odds in getting something that was not what I wanted to happen to my team. Now, that's probably the worst matchup I can imagine in my life. Uh, T3, which they were on point in that my team is a slow-moving team, and I need aggressive teams to come to me. Well, Dr. Strange and Faust were the opposite of an aggressive team. They could be aggressive by just staying back there and waiting for the dice to roll. I couldn't wait for them to come to me, so I had to take my low-mobility team and try to get up there. So... It became an interesting match. Now, he also had a Clipso on Doctor Strange, had a Pandora's box, and was kind of running that kind of tech against me. Uh, He won map roll because he had a plus two on his uh, theme team, and he actually picked the WizKids office map, which I'd been practicing on. Now, the game worked out the way you thought. Me slowly inching up, trying to get to him. 
I was actually sidestepping up uh, Adam also, just trying to get more and more attackers up in that area. Uh, he would, uh, he, the yellow power went off one time. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember the match. Has been about a week, but yeah, it went off one time. Ended up damaging six of my figures. Now, the incredible thing about that was is that it turned my teleporter 12 times doing that. It killed one figure, killed a bunch of pogs, damaged Devil Dinosaur, and knocked my Ultron drone onto his second click. But, that being said, uh, one thing I did notice when I was there is I was the only one running a teleporter. So, that was a little surprise to my opponent that all of a sudden he's turning the teleporter and he didn't really understand what it does. Uh, it allowed me to pick, I think that knocked it on the two. No, it's close to the two. I need to get a little bit more, and then I could pick my inspiration, which was huge. Me having the ability to pick my inspiration and give it to everybody. Now, I say that, and I'm going to tell you this happens, and it happened to me in every match. I totally forgot about the teleporter. Meaning that what I forgot about is I got so much into the match, I forgot about the bonuses I could get from the teleporter and some manipulation I could. Even with all my practice and being ready, that was one mistake I was making in the game. Eric played a great game. He played at the back of the office map. was going to make me go all the way across the map. He was going to make my team slowly move up. And he positioned uh, objects in doorways, which would make it even harder for my pogs to, to actually get to where they needed to go. So, in the end, he also had the Midnight Suns team ability on Doctor Strange. In the end, what was happening is I finally had to just go after it with pushing Mixie to the back with Frogman and double pulse waving, I mean pulse waving twice in a row with Mixie to double token his two characters. Now, that all being said, I, my team is separated at this moment. Uh, Devil Dinosaur and the Pogs and and the Ultron Drone are slowly moving up and it was taking forever. And the match was flying. The first match of any tournament seems to fly. It seems to be the shortest match you'll have. And me, I totally forgot about calling stuff in. I needed to spin the teleporter. I needed to get Superman in. Superman could deal with Faust. Uh, I just needed to knock one piece out. That's why it's going to come down to it. It's going to be one piece. He had knocked out my Atom before I could retaliate with him with one with the yellow um, power that he rolled. Uh, he didn't roll that well that game. That kind of helped me out. I rolled a couple of super senses. And what, what it came down to is I needed to be more aggressive, giving him some points off ID cards. He was up 15 to 5 because he called in a black canary card. And my my loss, my focus on keeping him locked down and just staying down on that end, not really being aggressive with my other pieces to blow out walls or just to spin the teleporter dial to get that Superman piece in so that he can do a finishing blow. Because all he had to do was land one blow and he'd knock Faust out. And if I knocked my Faust out, game was over. So it it comes down to... You've got to stick to your plan. Uh, my team was great in being able to adapt to different teams. However, I had to come up with a plan, and I had to keep the teleporter in it. And in that case, I didn't. And, and we ended on time. Uh, I really had him down to the last click on Faust, was getting ready to finish him off, and he rolled 
the power that prevented me from being able to do anything but a ranged attack, and I could not range attack as Faust to take him out. So that ended that match. Uh, he took out an Adam, and I took out an ID card, so he won 15-5. to five. Uh, He piloted that team to a 4-0 record, got in the top four, and, you know, he was taking 15, 20 points, 10 points a match. His team was a point-denial team and would just win because you have to expend so much to try and beat it. He finally got beat in the top four with against the Lex Luthor team. I'll let you know, uh, that's my round one match. A little disappointed, but sometimes that happens. I never played against a Faust or a Strange. I'd owned them at one point, and I sold them. So, looking back, probably should have kept them. But it's interesting to play against Faust. Some, that's another piece I'm going to have to kind of read up on understand his weaknesses and his uh, strengths so that I can uh, just do a better job against it next time. But it's great experience. Uh, 0-1, I said, well, okay, I can still work my way back into it. Um, there were only 13 teams at this uh, Open, which was good and bad. Good, it gave me a great 1-13 shot. Of, well, actually, 3-13 shot of making the Nationals because they were giving out three places here. However, bad in the sense that it could go bad for you very quickly. They're, they're, uh, with not that many teams there, they had actually cut down the Swiss. We'd do four Swiss rounds, but then we would only take the top four instead of the top eight. And see, top eight gives you more opportunity. I felt like a better opportunity to to make it. And so, what? A little pressure. Uh, also, you don't have a wide variety of teams. I mean, you only got 13 teams there. You're not going to see a lot of one thing. Uh, so you're going to have some variety, and you're going to have some unbalance. And you, what I believe is you run into teams that are just kind of silver bullets against your team. And when you normally wouldn't see them in certain tournaments, you get them. First round is always a uh, kind of potluck. You never know what kind of team you'll get. You could get a top uh, two team to go against you might have a bottom half team to go against or even worse you can find the team that is the perfect silver bullet to your team and sometimes they occur and when that happens it's just kind of random draw uh, you're less likely to face that team if they have to face another team in the first round and then they they you probably wouldn't face them in the second round so that Faust team was the worst team to face so I rolled into my second match which was against a Matt um matt oh here's a great thing matt is from uh pinehurst north carolina kind of restaurant manager and he he was great to play against there are three mats there one Matt was from georgia military guy he brought a quinjet with two ultron drones and a bunch of uh id cards and i'll go over his team later let's see um another matt 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 is from uh Asheville, North Carolina. It's a judge in Asheville, North Carolina. He does games rules on YouTube. It's a great YouTube channel. They go watch it. He does some great little videos about teams, about uh, convention exclusives. I say go out there and watch him. Great guy. Uh, but he was just there to play Battle Royales, but it's great to catch up with him. But this other Matt I played is from Pinehurst, and he brought a KC Flash team and Mr. Nobody and uh, Pandora's Box. Well, he won map roll and put us on the Civil War map with the elevated terrain. 
Anybody who's played Civil War knows that that's a great map for Casey Flash. It's not a bad map for uh, Nick Fury either. But to play a Casey Flash was not what I was looking forward to. And I can tell you why. The, the problem with Casey Flash is his high defensive value and his hypersonic speed. So going into this match, my thought was I got to push my Ultron drone and get him to plasticity so I can slow Flash down. Now, he had ways around it. He could get the box to perplex, and then he could have another perplex from... Well, yeah, he could he could use... He had Eclipso on Flash, so he could use Eclipso to bump his range by one, and then use perplex off the box to get his range up another, and so he could actually shoot characters two squares away. Potentially one or two squares away. Yeah, he he could do that. Um, I was over aggressive against a flash that can move seventeen. That's right, seventeen squares. You don't cut down the board so that he can run back to where he started from. What you've got to do, and what I didn't do, is to sit on the edge of the board and make him come all the way across the board to kill something because he's only got one character and then waste his movement going back. Now, I didn't. I moved out uh, my Rockabilly Modox and Ultron, and he did what he's supposed to do. He's a great player. Been playing about as long as I have, I believe longer, and he just came out and took out the Ultron drum. What he's supposed to do? Added his speed token, got faster. I tried to retaliate with Adam, did damage to Mr. Nobody, and then I ran Mixie out there and missed a um, pulse wave, missed a pulse wave lockdown. And so at that moment, I just kind of, I won't say I lost it, but I lost my strategy. With with, with um, Ultron Drone Out, that took out three of my ID cards. Uh, I was never going to call him Superman, but Ronan at 109 couldn't be called in by Devil Dinosaur. Uh, Nick Fury at 120 couldn't be called in by Devil Dinosaur. So now I'm stuck with only three cards on my teleporter that I can use. And I'm not even remembering to turn the teleporter. I'm so messed up at this time. And really what happens is I overextend my team. I keep pushing up the board. His flash just gets faster and faster and starts running around. And I can't catch him with Eclipso on him. And he's got stealth. I end up killing one figure. So in the first game, I got five. This game, I got 49. So I'm up to 54 points. But the game ended on time, and the only bright spot was Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur is just a beast to try and kill. And so even though he pretty much dominated the match, in a 50-minute match, he was only able to knock out 165 of my points. That sounds like a lot, but... When you're grinding it out, and I'm in the grind mode right now, not giving up points is important, and taking as many as you can is also important. So I go to 0-2, though I'm taking points, not many, but I'm at 54. It avoids me getting the buy and actually uh, face off, because that's another one important. I don't want to buy. I don't want to be one of the people, if you're in last, last place, you get a buy. You get a win, but zero points. I'm still trying to fight for my best position, and points are important. Wins are important, but points are too. So the next guy I face is from Georgia. Great guy, Jacob. Been playing the uh, Heroclix just for a couple months. Had put together a team. Interesting team. Didn't have any resources. 
had Nick Fury, Nighthawk Prime, had a shield agent to help with Nick Fury, and I keep forgetting another piece he had. It was a piece I knew. Oh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Clarion the the Witch Boy. That's who he had. That's right, Clarion the Witch Boy. Um, so he did what he's supposed to. He moved Nick Fury up. Uh, I then put out some bait to get him to token Fury for his second time. So I threw out Mixie. It's the bait I had. Threw Mixie out and uh, with Frogman. Gave him the target. Oh, let me say up until now. Right now, at this moment, it's third match at a WKO. I have yet to call anybody. I've yet to call anybody in off my tail border. That's awful. I need to be more aggressive with it. I need to get it to spin. I need to get it to get some cool abilities. So I threw Mixie out there. He did what he's supposed to, which is kill Mixie. He, he uh, pumped up the damage with uh, Tickle to uh, with it, with the perplex and shield agent to add uh, range nighthawk prime was just sitting in the back keeping me from being able to pump up my values because we know that's how that works nighthawk prime sits in the back and opponents cannot add anything to their stats so he shot mixie killed killed mixie right away but he's got double token uh nick fury so what do i do sidestep an Ultron drone out, drop in Nick Fury, take a big shot at his Nick Fury. Now, I can't add anything to my range. I can't add anything to my attack. can't add anything to my damage. The only thing it is is penetrating. So I do three to him, which keeps him on his can't-use click, um, which I had outwitted, and I, I have prob. Uh, then also take... Um, a, I had created homicide crabs. They were awesome. And jumped a homicide crab or TK'd a homicide crab with Devil Dinosaur up because I'd sidestepped Devil Dinosaur up to where it pulse waved and did a click of damage to everybody. That was awesome. Pulse waved itself to death. That's all right. Pushed itself to pulse wave, killed Tickle. Did one to the shield agent, did one to Clarion, didn't get the, I didn't have to worry about the Mystics feedback, did another one to uh, Nick Fury. So we clear. I'm sitting on two on the teleporter dial, and no, I'll take that back. I had rolled, and I would rolled a four, which put me on six on the teleporter dial. Which is a parachute for number two. So guess what I got to do my next turn. Reload Nick Fury. And he, I had to clear the Ultron drone. Even though I reloaded, I can't. I couldn't call Nick Fury in. He regened his Nick Fury on his turn after clearing back three clicks. Uh, I had run out a... I'd taken Frogman back there and had uh, hit the shield agent into a wall for another click of damage on the shield agent. Uh, Called back in Nick Fury to finish off Nick Fury, which I did. And then 
proceeded to send some homicide crabs to take care of Clarion. They started knocking him down. Uh, finish off the shield agent with Frogman and pretty much moved up the board, called in Booster Gold to kind of finish off Nidak Prime, Prime after Frogman had hit him into the wall a couple times. And you know Frogman's cool trait, which is as a free action, he can knock himself back four squares and then if he hits a character, it knocks him back too. And if you can hit him into a wall, because it has to be in a straight line, but if you can hit him into a wall, then it'll do him a click of damage. And that game went really well. Uh, I swept him. I only lost Mixie and three ID cards, which I called in. Uh, Ronan. I called Ronan in to uh, finish some people off too. So, um, it's, uh, so at this moment, with that sweep that gave me 354 points, I was one and two. I was like, wow, better than Origins. I went 0 and 4 at Origins. That was the worst time I had. That's when I said I'm going to have to dedicate myself to doing a little bit more. So after that, uh, I faced off against a kid. He's probably um, 10 to 12. I don't know. Uh, his name was Lander. Awesome kid. Um, he had a great team. He'd put together a Sinister Syndicate team with Electro, Doc Ock, uh, Vulture, and Speed Demon, all from the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Uh, awesome team. Uh, you know, only 285 points. Uh, everything I did, he asked if he didn't understand it. He, we'd ask a judge. We'd go over it. I'd talk him through my strategy. It's awesome talking with this kid. This kid's going to be really good. I mean, I was playing him. He held his own. He knew what he was doing. His team wasn't maxed out. That's probably his only downside. But I'm sure he's playing the pieces he had. And I, I can just tell, if he keeps this love for the game, he's going to be a great Heroclix player. I love seeing young kids in this game. It keeps this game fresh and alive and fun. So playing Lander was really cool. Uh, the unfortunate thing is he didn't really understand the teleporter. And he didn't realize I had the Shield Level 7 ID card. So he put us on some elevated train very wide open and is elevated i probably would have done an office or something like that more blocking where his mobility and charge could work and the hypersonic but he put us out on this elevated i put objects on uh, right at the um, base of ladders so speed demon would have some trouble getting up the ladders he only had one flyer one taxi uh kind of did what i normally do which is throw some bait out there which he went for, and after he went for it, he killed Henry. I don't know why he went after Henry, but he went after Henry with Vulture. Came in, just wiped Henry out. And so then, very next turn, Mixie had been activated, and Mixie ran down. Pulse-waved his team, locked him down. Brought in Adam to do a colossal retaliation. Hit him, then used Mixie's special power to make Adam smaller. And after knocking Vulture off the building... Uh, took Adam and hit him again and pretty much killed Vulture right there. And then from that point on, up on Vulture, I started calling in Nick Fury, started uh, calling in Booster Gold to do an energy explosion, uh, made, uh, at one point, his Doc Ock was just barely hanging on, and I made him colossal so that the Adam could giant reach punch him and just go ahead and knock him out of the game which he did and after that it's pretty much speed demon had already taken like two clicks of damage from from uh 
pushing. Well, no, he didn't push because he had um, Indomitable. But I had shot him with... I forget who I hit him with, but he had taken damage. Speed Demon was off of his uh, top clicks. And it ended up just... When he hit somebody, Adam would retaliate. And that retaliation knocked him down. And finally, I was able to finish him off with, I believe... I believe Adam finished him off. So, Speed Demon, done. Uh, knocked out, cleared. I took out all of his pieces, so it has 285 points. Knocked me up to 600 and something. It's 630 something. Which, I was like, well, okay. I fought it out, I grounded out, got a 2 and 2, 600 something. And it's all about matchups. You never know who you're going to fight. Never know what team you're gonna go up against. You just gotta keep grinding, looking for the um, the the. Just keep your matchups, keep keep everything going, and and see if you can actually uh, kind of come out on top, which I was able to. Um, so I'm sitting around. I'm talking with Lander. Uh, great talking to him. Gave him some advice on his team. Really thought Overdrive would work better than Vulture. Leave him some extra points. Maybe bring somebody else on. Maybe look at the prize support Doc Ock. I gave him a Metallo because I love to encourage kids. I had that there for trade. He's an extra piece I had. I gave him the Metallo from World's Finest. He really loved it. I uh, hope he can come up with a good team. I think I think over time he's going to be a really good player. So um, ended up sitting around, and we did have a lunch break. break. Uh, the lunch break uh, was nice, but I just sat around and talked with people. Um the uh, I ended up talking with Matt. He's the guy who brought a Quinjet team. I, I could, let me go ahead and tell you the teams that were there. There's that Casey Flash with nobody and the box. There's a Quinjet team with two drones and a bunch of uh, ID cards and a couple other things he had. Red Sun Wonder Woman, a Jakeem Thunder team with a box, a Faust and Doctor Strange team, a Lex Luthor team with ID cards. I think the teleporter. Krang team, two Krang teams, almost identical, except one had the Pym Particle Tank. And as he had won that or bought it at the WKO he had gone the week before. And then we had the Sinister Syndicate team, the Nick Fury with Nighthawk, and we also had a Casey Green Lantern team. I never was able to face that team, but I was not looking forward to it because that Casey Green Lantern was going to be almost impossible to hit. If you could hit him, you can knock him down to some stuff, but he's almost going to be impossible to hit. And then went with, and so those were the teams. The uh, Talked with Matt. He had the Quinjet team. And poor guy, he, he won one game and was really feeling disheartened. Uh, just His ID cards did not match up with his strategy for the Quinjet, and I'm going to go over that a little bit later. And it just it just made the it made it really rough on him to be able to pull out some victories. So anyway, all that was done. Always doing is waiting around for the top four. I knew I hadn't made that, and I'd forgot that the top eight actually get prizes, which were poker chips. And they were sitting down there calling out the top people. They got to number six, and they called me out. I couldn't believe it. But where I had went out there and got all those points. From those other people, I had finished top six. Now, it doesn't sound like great, but to me, that's awesome. 
you know, uh, they were given three spots out, so I was, I was three away from being able to be qualified. And actually, in the end, one of the guys who won, the guy who won had actually qualified at uh, Kentucky, I believe. And since he's already qualified, it went to the second, third, and fourth place. So I didn't qualify, but I got within two. Uh, I could have done better. Uh, like I said, I kind of forgot and made a lot of mistakes. But it was it was an amazing experience. I got top six, and the reason why I got top six is of the two and twos, I had swept the most points. Uh, you never know who you're going to face. You just got to go out there and play your best match. And I was able to, with my team, once I started dialing it up and an aggressive team came at me, which Sinister Syndicate and the Nick Fury team both had to come after me, I was able to do what my team does, which is spin the dial, get some people out, and start hammering with the production I can from the teleporter. So, um, that all being said, uh, top six, that looks good. Now, we're only 13 there. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's a great accomplishment, but top six, meta tournament, some meta pieces there, held my own. The teleporter team got to learn a little bit better, got four rounds of practice with it, know it a little bit better now, and what I want to do with it. Um, the chips... As a token, uh, they're okay. It's pretty neat that WizKids made them. I don't like how they're kind of shiny or it's kind of hard to view them as you turn them. Uh, so, the, uh, it was okay. It was kind of neat to get a prize. Uh, but it was fun. I don't know if you noticed, um, I have changed the logo for the, for the podcast. It now has an HB with a mountain on the backside and it's, behind it and it says meta casual i did that because i thought it'd be neat a little promotional and i just want to be a little bit different i didn't want to lose my poker chips that i love i created these little circle logos that i put on some poker chips i had some black and white ones and it's the new heroclix borderlands uh, logo and i put on the back it said heroclix borderlands i gave them out to people i made more than enough but it's kind of neat so that's the new logo hope you all like it that's my WKO experience. Awesome time. Great time meeting people. I think it's worth it. Can I do it every weekend? Heck no. I'll tell you, when I got back, I am still behind. Today I was supposed to get a catch-up, and I've still not caught up with everything. The, the WKO, it, it was a weekend away. It was fun. But I just don't. I didn't have time to do anything. And so I went straight to work the next day. We didn't get back because Sunday we went to Biltmore on the way back and just had a good time. It was great to spend some time with my wife, kind of decompress from the uh, competitive event. But I mean, behind it today. So it is also a reason why this podcast is a little late. So uh, you can't do it every week, but when you do it, it's great. Just know that you're going to have to come back, rest, get caught back up, and kind of keep going. Um, which brought me to the dilemma for this past weekend, which is. Uh, I looked and there was a two and a half hours away was a Deadpool pre-release. I thought about going to it because my wife's out of town, but I have a church event that I had to go help clean up after and driving two and a half hours, playing four rounds and driving back and having to do that. It's just too much busy work. I ended up just going to a casual match, which I'll go over in the next podcast and we'll kind of go over what I did there. Now, Main topic today is what did I learn? Because it's a school of hard knocks. I mean, I went through a lot. So what did I learn from the WKO? Well, my number first point is never give up. Never surrender. I mean, keep fighting for points. Uh, 
I understand your team. My team was a slow team, so I, my turns need to be fast, but I can't. You can't rush. I have to make good turns. Uh, the top half, the top half of the bracket, the top half of the people up there, they're not giving up a lot of points. People track points. Everybody's tracking their points. They know how many they need to get to win. Top players are looking to sweep teams that they can and then not give up many points to other teams. So against two top-level teams, the points are not going to go. It can either the match ends quickly with a with them taking everybody out or it's a slow match with not many points going on. So as you lose games and you come against teams that you are better suited for, you can go gain points, and those gain points with the wins will move you up in the ranking. Since this game is about points, about wins and points, and you know I finished at the top of the two and twos because I went out there and stayed. I got aggressive against some other teams, was able to get some points. Um, so know your points, know what's going to happen in the top, in that top half. You start winning, you're going to understand that people are going to be very tight on their points, and you're going to have to go out there and get them where you can. Um, here's the big thing. Play test your team. I made mistakes, and I've play tested it three or four times, but I made mistakes. I forgot things I should be doing uh, in the middle of a struggle match. I totally forgot about the teleporter, just ran around in that KC flash match and just didn't use it at all, didn't call anybody in. So you gotta you got to play test your team, know what's going on. And I was going to come back to Matt with his Quinjet. That's what had happened to him. He was telling me that he hadn't been able to play test his team and a flaw that appeared... At the WKO, he would have caught if he had play tested. Even he said that. And that's awful to get to a tournament and realize the flaw in your team at the tournament because you can't do anything about it. You can do something about it at home. So you've got to play test your team. Find out what is good about your team, what's bad. Do it against different teams. Do it against these standard teams like the Jakeem Thunders, the Quinjets, and see what do I need. His big flaw was he was trying to get the Quinjet to 300 points so he could call in a Super Doom. The only problem with that was that he had, I forget how many ID cards, but three of his ID cards were all over 250 points, which did not allow him to call in. That's too many. As I found out my teleporter, you only need one guy to be, once you hit that magic number, to have that one guy you're going to bring in at 300 points. Other than that, the others need to be cards you can use to get that dial spinning, just like on my teleporter. You need guys you can call in. I had two people I couldn't call in and four cards to call in, which means that I had two people on the teleporter that I didn't have anybody of equal point value to call them in. And that's what you have to do with a teleporter. To call somebody in off the teleporter for one round, you have to be the same value as them coming out of the, with the ID card. So, like, if I have a Superman that's at 100 points... Devil Dinosaur could call him in for 100 points. And I'd lose that ID card off Teleporter, but Devil Dinosaur could call him in. But if I'm running a 275-point Superman, Devil Dinosaur can't call him in. Unless I can get to click 24 or 25, then Superman comes in. Anybody can call him in. And he comes in, he stays until he takes damage. And he can't push. Now, he can't ignore pushing damage. Now... That being said, same way with the, the Quinjet. You've got to build the resource style up to 300 points, and then you can call in that 300-point piece. You don't want three cards out there that you can't call in. You want cards you can call in to spin the resource style. I want cards to call in on the teleporter to spin the teleporter. 
so every time I call in somebody, I can roll the dice, which makes the teleporter move up that many clicks closer to getting Superman in. In my original build, I had Wonder Woman at 200 points. Well, I didn't have anybody could call her in, so I had two cards that were just dead on my teleporter until I got it to a certain click. It's not going to happen that often. It's very hard to get to Avengers Quinjet to 300. It's very hard to get my teleporter to 25. A lot of things have to go right. So you have to make that decision. And playtesting, you would catch that and go, wow, I'm putting banking too much on something that doesn't happen that often. So that's, that's big on playtest. Playtest, playtest, playtest. Also, when you make a mistake in a tournament, and you will make mistakes in every match, you can't compound them. I say that to my basketball team all the time. You can make a mistake. I'm okay with it. Quit, quit making mistake after mistake and continue to do that. You can't, you can't compound your mistakes, and that's what I did. Uh, throwing Ultron drone out there too far to get killed by Flash was a, was a mistake. Sitting there and forget about the teleporter, just compounded on it. Spreading my team out was another compound on it. It was not the right thing to do. So make if you make a mistake, take a deep breath, reevaluate your plan, get a new plan. Uh, um, a big thing that you notice is that uh, is that um, the battle royals are the best place to get prizes. Let me say that again: battle royals are the best place to get prizes. One in four people get a con le in a battle royale. Battle Royale takes about an hour. So if you can be in four Battle Royales, on average, you can win one Con LE. I was in a four-hour tournament, five-hour tournament, and did not win a Con LE. Why is that? Because the WKO is not designed to get you prizing. It is designed to test you. It is designed to get you qualified for nationals. But in the end, if you're going there for prizes, if you're a prize shark, then the Battle Royales is your best bet. Um, now true, if you can put field the winning team, you get a lot of prizes, but that's only, only two people out of 13, the bigger, the bigger, the, the bigger the tournament is, the less chance you have. If you're going for prizes, it is at a battle royale. You're in a WKO to try and earn a qualification for nationals. So that's why I stuck it out. I'm there to win nationals. I'm there to try to win nationals. So I am not going to go to a battle royale because I'm not there for prizes. I'm there to get the experience, get play testing on my team to continue on. And and if you have that mindset, it will help you win. You know, you go on to stay with it, figure this team out. Is this a team you're going to take to the next one? Uh, I did find it interesting. I think I as as the only teleporter, maybe there's another one. I can't remember if Marshall was running the teleporter or not, but I, I'm not seeing many. Um, also, be helpful. Be helpful to others. I let Eric borrow my map. It was a great map for his team. I, I just think if the, you need to reach out, help other HeroClix players, make it a fun time. Uh, everybody hates when they forget something. I think the community should help them to field the best team possible. I want to play the best team. They, they forget a map, and I have a map that they can use. I don't mind letting them use it. I know that didn't sound right, but John Wooden even said, you've not lived a perfect day unless you've helped somebody else. Uh, and if that makes me less competitive than I need to be, then so be it. I believe in being a cool and nice Heroclix player that, that kind of helps out others to help them perform at their best. Um, finally, just enjoy the networking. 
enjoy the networking. Just enjoy meeting people. Enjoy expanding your own community of Heroclix. I love talking to people. That's why I do this podcast. I love talking about Heroclix. So this is awesome. Uh, being able to meet up with people with like-minded with you, making friends, making acquaintances that you might see again, I think that's amazing. Um, you know, WKOs are over. I mean, what did we learn from them? I went and did the research. Uh, there have been... Realms have reported 19 uh, WK Opens. WKO Opens. Uh, there have been seven in the Midwest, which includes Texas and Utah. Um, four on the East Coast, which would include the South Carolina one I was at. West Coast had three. There's been five international ones. Two in Canada. The other one's in Chile, Italy, and Britain. Of those 19 Wiz Kids Opens, six teams had Jakeem Thunder. Seven teams had Bizarro Green Arrow. Three of the winners were dead dead man teams. Five teams of the winners were had Faust on them, and three had the Jet. And two had Krang. But there's, I want to put an asterisk beside the Krang teams. The Krang teams appeared after the after the first WKO. How do I know that? It's the two Krang teams at one had the PIM pocket tank. PIM particle pocket tank or whatever it's called. So they made a splash after the initial ability to get that convention exclusive. Now, the lack of Jakeem's interesting. He is what I call an easy engine to drive. Uh, what I mean by that, easy engine is point-and-click figure. I mean, he has some subtleties to him where you have to choose a power. Do I do this? Do I do that? What do I need to do? Uh, put a clip so on him. Have a box on him. How do you, what a send to assign him? But in the end, he, he's a pretty straightforward engine. Go, hit, clear, hit, clear, hit, clear, Jakeem hit, Jakeem hit, Jakeem hit. That's how he's going to score his points. That's pretty much straightforward engine. Krang's the same way, straightforward. Quinjet, almost the same thing. Spend the resource style, call people in, hit stuff, be aggressive. So, easy engine. Um, complex engines. Uh, that's more like my team have a lot of moving parts, have a lot of ability to adapt to different situations, but a lot of ability to make a lot of mistakes with, a lot of ability to forget stuff. So, it's a... I've, I've noticed that it seems like a lot of straightforward aggressive team builds are winning right now uh, except for the dead man teams and but they're just sit back and wait and and keep people from killing off your figures and try to pick off somebody um faust five faust gotta learn them gotta know what to do and here's the big takeaway five faust three jet two crank but the big takeaway is 14 of the 19 14 of the 19 teams use pandora's box two others use rock of eternity and the other resources were the jet resources. So let that sink in. No teleporters won. No other resource was used. I mean, they were used on other teams, but didn't win. The main resources to be used were the jet and Pandora's box or Rock of Eternity. What does that mean? Here's what it means. We got. I, I believe all three of those resources are going to be gone come Nationals and Worlds. So the resources now that are generating these teams are going to be hard-pressed to be replaced once we get to Nationals and Worlds. The next round of WKOs, if they haven't been made, retirement won't have happened, so you'll still see this 
big thing of boxes and you're going to have to work your way around it. But if you're running a box, have a backup plan because if you make nationals, I, it's not going to be legal. So you're going to have to have a new team idea, a new resource idea. So that's what we can see from these winners at what we've been going on. So I think it's awesome. Love to hear new ideas on that stuff. Now, moving on, those were the lessons learned. Uh, now we want to review some more about Deadpool. Deadpool. Ooh, can't even say it right. Deadpool. Uh, every day I get more and more pumped. Uh, this week, my comic book store is going to get the Deadpool case in. I'm going to open it up. My next Heroclix podcast will be over those figures I pull. Go over kind of Deadpool, the case, how it looked over over my um, casual game I played. And if I play any games with Deadpool, I'll let y'all know. Um, but the, I have two mechanics I want to go over out of Deadpool. Did some research on the headline mechanic. It's a new mechanic. There's several uh, Ecstatics figures or some X-Force figures. Uh, they have the headline mechanic. And what is a headline mechanic is that it allows... Every time that character hits somebody, they can put a headline token on this separate card, which each one of these figures come with their standard uh, figure card. And then they come with another card that looks like a People magazine cover or something like that. And that's where you lay your headline tokens. Now, every time they hit somebody close combat, no, every time they attack a character and hit them, they get to put a token on. Now, only one token. If you hit multiple characters, you still only get one token. But you can then remove those tokens to do some neat effects. The neatest effect is something I've already gone over, which is Dead Girl. Where Let me pull her up. Uh, where is it? Dead Girl. Where are you? I, mean, I should have this ready. I'm sorry, guy. guys. Let's see. Here it is. Dead Girl. She is number 13, I believe. Is that her? No, 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 no. You Go Girl is number 13. She's the first one to have the headline tokens. Dead Girl is actually... Pull down here. Where is she? Hold on. Dead Air. Everybody hates Dead Air. Uh, she is an amazing figure. I remember reviewing her. Oh, super rare. That's why she's amazing. Anyway, uh, when she hits one or more opposed beginning of your turn, if Deadline Girl has at least one headline token, heal her one click. Ooh. Oh, going to be hard to kill that girl. If Dead Girl has at least three headline tokens, when she would be KO'd, as you get another one on, she can start healing again. So this piece has the potential not to die and can exploit weakness, but her best thing is she has this power for three, special power for three on her attack. She, and... As I said, she's a flyer. She, her movement's not that great, but she can use Blaze Claw's fangs, and until your next turn, character's hit by dead Now, she has headline tokens. She's going to be the aggressive one off of the ecstatics. Now, there's a character named Orphan that can also move tokens from one girl up there, start hitting people, and Orphan can move those headline tokens to the other, or can use them to better effect. So you could, if she gets up to three, they can move. If she, this mechanic works out, it looks like it's gonna be. You're gonna have to work to get these headline tokens, but they're gonna do something really cool. But you're gonna have to be aggressive. Ecstatics team, which I don't know how. While that synergy might look great in a meta environment, I don't know, don't know about in a meta headline. This headline mechanic is gonna be interesting. I, this is gonna be this this mechanic. 
Oh, it might be fun. I think it's going to take a little bit. The best would be Dupe and Dead Girl. And we'll talk about Dupe next week. I want to talk about him. I'm really excited. I hope I pull one. He looks pretty neat. And we don't. I don't know how that's going to work. But that's headline mechanic. That's the new mechanic in Deadpool. There's only five characters that have it. So it's not those. And then the new one, I call it a new mechanic. It's called title character. And the reason why I want to bring it up as a new mechanic because they make it out like there might be title characters coming. Because they say that a title character can only be one per four. So you only can have one title character. Some people compare it to a planeswalker and going to be about and help you kind of understand what my what I believe the impact. Six range, 70 points. Uh, it's got the initiative and X-Factor keywords for 70 points. That's pretty good. Lower than 10 points a click. He's got the first three uh, attack twice, one on click one and one on click four. Ten on every click and then two on the rest. He's got a 17 defense for two and then 16. 17 for two and then shot energy shield with click two and three having RC. His next three clicks are charge, fangs, and the last two of that set of three being close combat expert. And the last clicks are stealth and regen. So now you have this character that is looks pretty cost effective. He doesn't have any damage reducer, so you're immediately going to be, if you're a medical player, go, I'm going to put Eclipso on him. Now, I believe their dials match up pretty well, so you get stats are lower than Eclipso's, and Eclipso being able to give him some more power or extend is be important here in a second. Now, title characters seem to be these very important characters when you put them on your team. Now, they have special abilities. You can only use one. They have things called, um, and you have to use plot points, and they go over how you can earn plot points. So it's kind of like a headline token. You earn these plot points, and you can use them to do cool abilities. Now, they also have things called continuity effect, and they're, they're done by in the big write-up. There's a huge write-up on the card from what I can see. It's called a closed trait. Closed book effect is basically a trait. Now, he has two, two closed books, which are basically traits. It says, after clearing action tokens, if Deadpool this turn but didn't attack an opposing character, deal him one unavoidable damage. Ooh. Well, that closed book, when Deadpool Mark with a Mouth is KO'd, the second one, after action resolve, give each friendly character on the map two action tokens that do not deal pushing damage. So, if you like good, not good. So, this is, if you, you have a title character, they have to win. Now, I want to get the sculpt is amazing. It's him standing over a Heroclix board, stepping on it with three Heroclix pieces on it, I think, from this set. So I, I think that looks amazing. I can't wait to get that. Now, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, so those are his traits. So how character abilities. Well, he has three title character abilities. One's a black open book, which is having fingers is for weaklings. Heal, Deadpool, mark with the mouth up to one click. So on your turn, at any up to one click, which tells me you can heal him zero clicks. Now, why would you want to do that? Because that gives him plus plot point. Now, remember, if you activate this, you better be attacking. Because if you don't attack, then he'll take a click of unavoidable damage. Which So, when you're doing this. But if you can accumulate these, these are plus one plot points. If you can accumulate these, then you can do these what they call wide open books. Uh, this wide open book costs you two plot points. So if you've healed him twice and you got those two plot points, then you can do this wide open book one. I'm the ultimate distraction. Opposing characters' combat values cannot be increased until the next turn. Whoa. Cannot be. Anything that increases your standard value. 
You're vanilla. You have a vanilla value. Energy shield deflection won't work. Combat reflexes won't work. Uh, perplex. Wow. He can shut down something. He's pretty much outsider's team ability on your entire team. No matter. There's no area of effect. It's everybody on the board. Now, if you can get to six plot points, you can do a wide open book. And when you do these, you have to lose them all. But uh, slow-mo uh, improved targeting. He can shoot through hindering characters and out of adjacency. And he can target each opposing character within range and line of fire. Each hit character is dealt two penetrating damage instead of normal. Mark with a mouth can use probability control for this attack. So imagine this. As long as there's no blocking or else range, he can hit everybody with his current range, which is six. Within six, that's actually 13 spaces. Yes, I said 13 because he won. So six out, that's 13 across. And then if you go 13 again, because it's six up, six back. So in his 13 by 13 grid, he hits everything for two penetrating damage. He's doing his slow-mo Keanu shooting everything around. That's amazing. If you can get that area of effect, and idea. I've not played this guy. I don't know how hard it is to get him up to six plot points. But if you can get him there and hammer people, you can just hammer him. And he's going to be hard to kill anyway. Oh, wow. So, I don't know. This is pretty neat. And if title characters are like this, they could do some game-changing stuff if they get to it. Uh, we're going to introduce this for a little bit and then take it away. But I, I think it'd be fun. Uh, it's, it's a mechanic. I can't wait to play it out. And when you pull it off, you'll be high-fiving everybody in life. All right. Um, hey, about the PIM particle tank. Let's look at that right quick. Just got a little bit left. PIM particle tank, the big thing about that is it's just pretty much a micro-sized tank that you can carry around. Eight points. He only has one click. 18 defense with toughness. One movement, zero attack, zero damage. So you're saying, what's so big and impressive about it? Well, for that eight points, what happens is he starts out adjacent to a character. When that character moves, it moves with him and is placed adjacent. Now, what the character can do is when the tank is adjacent to it, well, I'm sorry, after the move action is done, after everything's resolved, then the tank is put next to him. Okay, but I don't, it might not be able to be carried. I don't know. It's a... Uh, let me look. I don't think it says anything. That'd be something to ask. However, what you can do is you can take minus one on your attack value, and if you hit the character, you can place the, you can replace the tank, the micro tank, with a big tank, which is pretty much a two by four square, and it has to be placed adjacent to the hit character. Now, when it's placed adjacent to the hit character, get that in your mind. So you can put. Because part of it would still be adjacent to it, and part of it would be takes two penetrating damage. So basically, you're pulling this tank out, throwing it at somebody, and then exploding it into this giant tank that smashes people. And it says it's placed, so it's not got an. It can still do something because placed is what you want to hear. You don't want to hear carried or anything. it is placed. And since it's placed, it can do something now. After it's placed, it turns into this giant tank, which it, as a giant tank, it has four movement, four damage with enhancement. Now, is it can ram them, and what it does is it can move in a straight line, going, it can roll to attack, and it can do its damage to them. 
And then after and hit a couple of characters for four. Take a click of penetrating. You make sure it's not a click for every character you hit. I think it's just one click. Oh, one of unavoidable damage for each 100 points of all hit, hit characters. And he's got only two clicks. But, I mean, really, come on. Four damage? Four damage? He can run through. And if he hits six damage to characters at times? That's crazy. That's stupid crazy for it. You're going to get those eight points up. Uh, that's stupid crazy. So... That that becomes a problem. You can't use it with running shot because in running shot, you'd have to carry the tank. And since you carried the tank, when you throw it, you're not. It would still be under no actions after hit somebody with it and it expanded out. Even though it's placed, it still can't do its ram ability. If you do a running shot, since it's not placed till after actions, they have ruled that running shot you wouldn't be able to throw it. You'd have to carry it, and even then, it wouldn't be able to run. So it's really kind of limited in that. Um, without doing some kind of moving attack, and then you could do the tank. But that's why Cranked hits something, the tank gets placed beside it, and then on just decimate people. That That is silly good. Silly good. Uh, they're only, they're not that prevalent. Uh, saw one sold on eBay for 200 I don't know at the Origins convention exclusive, but until then, they're kind of limited in the market. Uh, I think they're going to make a big, huge impact. And it's just one little piece. It's three pieces that come. So, wow. Cool mechanic. All right. I wanted to go over quickly my challenge team. I'll put it out on the uh, podcast thing. But my challenge team was at 4 point Modern Limited. I went Billy for at 55. She's my carrier. She can carry four characters. Uh, she's got prob. If you push her, prob everything. She's got 17 defense. She only does two damage, but she's got psychic blast. She's got good range. So she can carry people. Uh, Fast Forces TMNT2. Uh, 006, he's 50 points. Uh, charge, he's got a little 10 attack, I believe, to start. And the big thing is that his actions don't against your total. So he's just like, even though he's taken, he's uh has to be tokened, it doesn't count against the four action point game. He just got whack. You know, it's a free, only cause free, but it doesn't hurt you. You can, you can Who's out there mainly because you got 18 defend, and that's huge. And that also in that group will be April O'Neil, the TMNT019. She's 30. Leonardo, uh, Michelangelo, Donatello, plus one of their defense for Casey Jones. Even harder to hit. Uh, also took the TMNT002, Michael. Let me pull them up. Units. Oh, I had this. Uh, he is Team NT. First, first one. There you are. Zero, zero, 50. Yes. Uh, he can use floor. Uh, you can place him into another adjacent square of that character, and you can hit another opposing character. You can give an action token each time you hit. Firm. Close combat team. Him and Casey Jones with their Empower will be helping pump each other up. He is a rare. One of my, I've got two rares on here, Renee Tilly and him. Invulnerability, and if you push him, he will actually have a giant reach of three, and he can, anytime he hits a character that's not adjacent to him. It's awesome. He also ends with Defend 18 use at the end of the game, and he's got Support. 
And finally, I have on that team Fugitoid from TMNT Taxi because I have more than four characters and I can't transport everybody. Fugitoid can also move that same twin with him, which they all do, so he can carry them. Uh, he can also use and he's indomitable, So, and he's got support at the end. So he's there to help heal the turtles. He's got to use your... Set plus seven to win map. Get to be very aggressive in place, moving up, placing, and just swarm, just like an ant swarm. They can't hit you. Limit lines of sight. Make them have to hit a nineteen or twenty, and play it out that way. Because um, I mean, it's squishy. It could go bad for you, but if they start, you can just take down people. Uh, against a one man army, they could really do well because uh, they only get one man army can only pick off one of them, and all of them serve a pretty good role. So. At, it could have some fun, and uh, it might be a little fun. So, not my style. I'm not really a combat guy and a guy, but my buddy up in Indiana, he loves close combat. Well, he loves any kind of team, but he's really good at the close combat teams, aggressive teams. And this would be an aggressive team. You Using that with other, other characters and just go after them. So, that's uh, my take on, a, on that challenge. New challenge I'm going to give myself, and I'd love to hear from you all about... Um, Y'all doing the same challenge points. I call it certified organic. Nothing processed, nothing added. All you got are figures. Uh, I want it based around a story arc. Comic book story arc. I've already got my comic book story arc on a team and see how it runs. So, uh, love to hear what your all's teams end up being. Okay, almost done here. Went a little bit long, but um, had a lot to go over. Uh, last section is keeping it fresh. This is going to be a new little section. Looking to find out from y'all what kind of scenarios y'all have. Uh, what do you do to keep it fresh? I'm going to kind of uh, go over my ideas. Uh, don't have one for this week, but next week this new section will kick in and we'll just do a new scenario. Um, so keeping it fresh. Love to hear how you all, what kind of scenarios y'all run. Uh, I know our, my venue is going to try something new. We're going to do a um, kind of battle royale type booster draft. We're going to each by a Deadpool or two Deadpool um, uh, boosters. We're going to take one from each of the ones we bought and then pass it to the next person and take the next one, you know, and just kind of pass it around. And you play what you get and just have a good time and then throw all the figures in together and and just uh, draft them back out. So we think it'd be fun, be kind of neat, something different, something to go do, and just have a good time just to keep everything fresh. Now, uh, love to hear your off scenarios, how you keep everything fun and happening at your venues and even in home casual games. Now, here's my party shots. Email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on HC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. That's Colossus TN. Um, please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. Shout out to Breaking 40 again on podcast d- downloads. That's two weeks in a row. Let's go for three. Thanks to everyone for listening. I want to call out to all players who attended the Winter WKO. Would love to hear about your experiences, thoughts, and suggestions for attending. Also, would love to interview one or more of you. I Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank you for making this kind of dream of mine come true. Love talking to Heroclix with y'all. Love to hear from you. Um, keep on rolling the dice. Keep on getting those double sixes. And keep on enjoying the game. I'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks. Bye.